All right, everyone. Welcome to the Diversified Gentlemen. We're here today with a special guest, Chad. How you doing, bro? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing? Good, man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. So, all right. So as a uh, jujitsu black belt and an MMA gym uh, owner, we wanted to get your take on the uh, Conor McGregor fight. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo. Somebody <laughs> made a ton of money last night. That's yeah. all I gotta say about yeah. that. Yeah, man. I had, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a kind of fan per se, but you can't deny his greatness, right? So, you know, he he he's been crushing everybody. He had already beat Dustin Poirier. So I was I was talking to my friends uh just before the fight. So I was like, man, I'd be surprised. It would be a win. It it would have been a win for for me to see Dustin Poirier make it out of the second round. And so to see that he got the knockout in the second round, I was I was I was blown, man. Uh, between that and then the fight before the Michael Chandler fight, I think Michael Chandler was like a, well, how do you say, a hundred point underdog? Yeah. Uh, against yeah. Hooker, and then he got the knockout too. So yeah, so somebody made a lot of money last night. Yeah. There was some sleepy time on there last night, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's humbling. Um, yeah, once you step in that ring, man, anything can happen. That's why you got to take that so serious. And, you know, that Nate Robinson and all those memes, like basketball players and athletes were saying, uh, MMA, boxing, that stuff is you don't play that. You you have to do it. You have to do yeah. it. You, yeah. you play basketball. You play football. So I don't think yeah. the, the everyday person doesn't understand that. You got to yeah, buy yeah, and anybody has a puncher's chance in there. I think last night, Poirier, he just his his strategy won out over the between the two of their talent. Like um, McGregor was still he was much faster than Poirier the whole fight, and if he hadn't got knocked out, he still would have won that round. But but Poirier's strategy with the leg kicks and and getting in there to get the heavy shots when they were available, it just won out on him that night. You know, who knows if it can happen again, but last night, that was his night. Yeah. Do you think McGregor has um, evolved? Because his striking is like, I mean, top tier, but do you think he, he's involved in other aspects, like ground game, his takedowns, his strikes, his leg kicks? You know, it's it's hard to tell because because he's so great in, in his striking and his movement on his feet, the disparity between his, his striking and his grappling is going to be immense because you know striking if you already have the 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 speed the proclivity the talent to 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 make those movements and striking it's easier to pick that up than it is to pick up the instincts with grappling yeah so you know if he's been striking you know i don't know how many years he was training before he got to the ufc where say at least 10 to 15 years of just striking you know it it's going to take just that much time to get towards that, that that same level in grappling. So anybody who he fights at that level, that championship contender caliber, whose strength is grappling, they're always going to make him look bad in grappling. <laughs> if so, yeah. so he's always got his strategy is always got to be to stay out of that. So yeah. I, you know he has gotten better in avoiding the takedowns and getting back up. You can see that. But he ain't never gonna win a grappling match against a uh, you know a top tier fighter no time soon. Yeah, I think I think it is quick. I mean, granted, I'm not an expert at all, but I think it is quicker to pick up boxing than freaking jujitsu, man. That that stuff. 
they they broke down. I think Joe Rogan broke down Khabib, how he basically literally everything he does is setting you up. He's playing chess. He does things mm-hmm. to get a reaction, to set you up for this, to set you up for that, to set you up for the submit submission. Like he's five steps ahead. He knows you're going to do this to, to turn up or protect this. So he's going to grab that. It's going to make you react to this. And then boom, from there he got, that's what he wanted the whole time. Like, it, it, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 To what you might do, how I'm going to react to it, those are the best ones. I mean, you guys do jiu-jitsu. You can tell those guys that know the basic moves. Okay, you can do that. But when you're saying, I'm going to move my body here. If he does this, I'm going to go here. That's that's that level separation. And that's, not, that's, something, that's something you teach in your gym. Like you tell them that the progressions of, if they do this, how to move, or that, it's that natural thing. So, you know, some people, some people are naturals. Um, especially, you, you know, when you teach the kids, um, you yeah. see some kids more often. The funny thing is, uh, more often it's the the girls over the boys that are naturals and and picking up the movement. But overall, by the time you're an adult, it is it's just a matter of repetitions, which is why um, we have a high attrition rate between you know when a guy comes in and they think they're gonna you know be a world beater and and you know be a black belt in in, in three years or whatever mm-hmm. that you can do a taekwondo. Um, but you've got to have those repetitions because it's not like I can't I can tell you that. All right. If I pressure this side of the person, they have two options to move here or there. I can tell you and I can teach you what to do when they move here or there. But you've got to feel that and you've got to experience it and you've got to experience, you know, somebody might hit those options hard. Somebody might hit those options soft. And so, you know, you experience and you have, you know, how 10,000 rolls and you've experienced that movement pattern so many times it's like once you're there it's not even a thought process you just know you feel them you know kind of like you know a good basketball player the same thing you know you see them jab step in one direction and you know where you're where they're going to go next it's the same same thing it takes you know just takes tons of repetition um and a lot of times those repetitions are going to end in failure um and if you're not good at taking that failure and learning from it those are the people that end up quitting you know after 18 months, two years. Yeah, because, you know, at, at six <laughs> at six months in, you got white belt with one stripe, and you're like, mm-hmm. what, what's the deal? Like, yeah. I got all these color belts, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, they, you feel like you're being patronized because the coach is like, no, you're doing good. Just keep staying on it. Right. So, how's my belt at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you got to earn them belts by tapping out, man. You can take like 10,000 yeah. tap outs to get a black belt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, if you had a good gym, you'll get humbled because you know you you may go up against someone a white belt that's got four stripes, and you're like, and you get destroyed, and you're like, okay, if this guy ain't a blue belt, okay, I got I got it. Or you may you get may get that purple belt, and they're so technical, and you just realize, man, I got a long ways to go. And I think that's just the beautiful thing about martial arts, where, um, man, I I've been embarrassed by like you know. Five, literally like five two, uh, 140 pound um, army lieutenant colonel. And you know what I mean? I, I've been embarrassed by, you know, someone my size would weigh 80 pounds with a big gut, but he just <laughs> understood. He he knew that a good grip, I'm just gonna fight it off till I'm tired. And then when he feels me slowly, boom, now he's like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man, you know, it's mental. It's, it's 
mental, it's skilled, and it's one of those um, disciplines where it's not necessarily the, the strongest man or the quickest man or the uh, youngest man that wins. It's the most skilled and smartest man wins. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Chad, let me, and before we uh, end the McGregor conversation, in your professional opinion, do you think uh, McGregor's done? No, no, not at all. Not at all. So <laughs> I, my, my partner, Paul, um, um, partner at the, at the gym, he calls me a, a casual fan because, <laughs> I, you know, I don't keep track of stats or anything like that. My thing is, you know, how does a person fight out of diversity? You know, what are they putting in the, that other side of the sport? And so one thing you can see with, with Le, um, I was going to call him LeBron McGregor, um, but he has the same personality type as LeBron, as Kobe, as, as Mayweather. Like these guys, McGregor could lose five fights in a row and he's still the best fighter in the world in his head. And there's nothing you can do to take that away from him. So as long as he has the itch to fight, as long as there's somebody who's saying they're better than him out there, he's going to want to fight. Now, the the question is, is, you know, he's got a ton of money now. So (laughs) so, so the the question is going to be, at what point does somebody convince him that it's not worth it for him to fight anymore? You know, right now he's still young. He's in his 30s. He's still quick. I mean, he's still learning, so there's no need for him. That was his first. That his first knockout. His first knockout in the UFC, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got a on him, right? Yeah, yeah he got. He lost by Nate Diaz yeah. submission. Did he Khabib to, come out? Yeah, Khabib. Khabib, okay. Khabib was a submission. So this was his first knockout in the UFC. So you know, unless he's out there sparring crazy and hard in practice, his brain should be fine. Um, so he's still got plenty of years. Um, He'll, he'll be right back there fighting for the title shot by this time next year, if not sooner. That's a good point because uh, it was so disappointing <laughs> when Ronda Rousey, when she oh. went out, man, yeah. was done. she was like, I, I don't remember yeah. Mark was like, I don't want to fight no more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Overnight, like, you were yeah. dominating and then yeah. the women started getting better in a 12-month period and they were just as good as you, if not better. And you were like, I'm done. I'm too young. I have to live life. I think she peaked out, man. I think she kind of peaked out. What what the thing is, the competition caught up to her. Yeah. Well, the thing with Ronda Rousey was that, you know, you can't take anything away. Like, she's a great fighter. Um, In her time, she was a good, uh, great emissary for the sport. That's the right word. Um, Judo champion. But she, even at that time, she was not the best woman fighter in the world. She was the most marketable woman fighter in the world. Right. She had the she had the Olympic gold medals. She was she's good looking. She's throwing these girls around. So they was feed they were feeding her cans up yeah. until the point where, where she got knocked out by Holly Holmes. Yeah. And then she knew she wasn't gonna get it back. Cause even behind Holly Holmes, she wasn't even the best woman mm-hmm. out there. You know, they UFC, they needed somebody that they could put out there to market female MMA. And so as far as being a pioneer. Um, Ronda Rousey did a good job of that, but you know, she's, she's kind of on the opposite end of the competitive spectrum in my head that, you know, she's going to rise to adversity, but you can also break her spirit. So once she saw that, you know, these girls are tough, you know, I'm going to have to do something different to get better when she tried once and she tried twice and it wasn't happening. She was like, yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) I'm (laughs) struck it out three times. (laughs) I want no more. (laughs) Vince 
McMahon. So uh, how much? <laughs> right, right. About, right. The, about that like fake that. wrestling. <laughs> I thought he'd get to this money and stop taking these brain injuries. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of it's a lot of work to train for a fight. Like, man, yeah, yeah. But with that loss, though, you know, with go, you know, with uh, kind of being the golden boy at the USC, he has that face. Did the UFC lose too when he lost? Do you think the UFC lost a little bit? No, too? not at all. No, no, I think they won. They won yep. because now you have now you have Dustin Poirier, who is you know, Khabib, oh, not, oh, man, uh, Connor, Connor, he's the he's like the 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 marketable bad guy of the UFC villain. Uh, Poirier is the is the marketable good guy. So now you know you got you got this guy. He's winning. Poirier, he's winning. Connor, he needs to fight his way back up. And then you have this mystique of is Khabib going to come back or not? Mm -hmm. And you have Michael Chandler now in the same weight class. So, man, they're about to rake it in now. And also, and also, this would be if they do fight again, that'd be the third fight. Yep. So, yep. Mm -hmm. I think UFC want, man, they ain't, Dana White ain't dumb, man. You know what he's doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. this McGregor got knocked out. He was like, "Yes, let's come say that." Arthur, right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Dana White was like, "This would be perfect," because he probably already had in his head the scenario: if this person wins like this, this would be the next fight for that. Per I mean, that's why it's such a beautiful thing where it's not like Mayweather ducking and dodging people mm -hmm. until you know, so he can basically keep his record at the forefront and fight Pacquiao when he's no longer Pacquiao right. or fight these up and coming guys where he knows he's going to dominate them and then they get better. So um, yeah, Dana White, has got a great product and um, there's, that's why it's easily the most popular uh, combative sport anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get to you. Um, now everyone knows, you know, you're back. <laughs> uh, let, so what we like to start off with, with our guests is um, ask them what makes them a diversified gentleman. Yeah. So, so I, I, um, my dad made sure that, that I never fit in ever from starting early. So I was the kid in, um, in, in middle school who was carrying a, uh, a viola case and wearing a letter jacket for, for wrestling and, uh, and, and it's taking the advanced classes in school. So, so I never quite did, um, you know, go along the same guidelines of of where you know black black kids are supposed to go. You know, I grew up in Virginia, um, so in like the suburbs of D.C. So you know, track, football, basketball, those are the big sports in in my area at the time. Uh, but I don't even know. Well, my brother my brother tried out for the basketball team in middle school, got cut, and then we started wrestling. He started wrestling, so I had to wrestle. Um, <laughs> So, so that started us on these, on the, you know, on, on the, you know, kind of martial arts pathway, if you could say. Um, after that, you know, I, I wrestled, did, did, did decent. Um, I, I never, I always called myself, I was a blue collar wrestler. So I didn't do um, the camps and stuff. We couldn't afford that growing up. So, you know, we just played whatever sports were in season. And during the summertime, we'd go to swim, go to, go to the swim pool, go swim, get a couple you know, fights with the friends and, and, and that, and that's what we did. Um, did, did well in wrestling. Um, but because I didn't do the camps in the off season, I wasn't heavily recruited. Uh, so by the time I got to my senior year in high school, I, uh, I won the state championship, but, but again, I wasn't recruited. So I picked up, you know, I was recruited 
actually by a, a few uh, Division II schools, but at that time, Division II couldn't give scholarships, or they couldn't guarantee a scholarship. They could mm -hmm. give you like an under-the-table academic scholarship, but I could get that on my own because I, you know, I had good grades anyway. Um, so, you know, I had basically two options as far as like a full ride. So it was either Howard or, or uh, the Naval Academy. And so, uh, man, those are two very, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you, 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 you just said that, like, yeah, you like, you know, like you were going to San Antonio <laughs> Community College, yeah, like, arguably the best, you know, HBCU in ever, yeah. and, you know, oh, yeah. just military academy, yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 where my choices were. Um, you know, I my my dad my dad did his best, right? But he didn't really know about college. He didn't know about career fairs. My parents are from you know um, from the Midwest, uh, product of the Great Migration. So you know everything we were fed growing up was find a career field where you'll have a job and you'll just get paid, you know, and and not have to worry about getting laid off. So that was always a thing. So it was always, you know, find something in healthcare because it seems like at the time, you know, healthcare, you know, you're always going to have a job. You're not going to get paid a whole lot now that I found that out later, but you'll always have a job. So um, my plan was to, to be a physical therapist, to go to go to school for physical therapy at Naval Academy. Um, they they uh, don't have a physical therapy direct route, basically. And so because, you know, I didn't really know too much about, you know, the difference between Naval Academy and Howard. Again, two great choices, um, but I chose Howard mainly because they had the physical therapy program there. So I ended up going to, um, ended up going to Howard. Uh, they had the wrestling team at the time. By my sophomore year, they lost the wrestling team uh, uh, by Title IX. So oh. I was really only able to wrestle for, for one year. Um, it taught me a lot, though. Um, you know, high school, I had I had struggles. I wasn't always the most athletic. I'm still not the most athletic. I had to work really hard. You know, I had I have asthma. Um, and I was just always a big, chunky kid, um, kind of grew into myself. And I had good, uh, great coaches for wrestling in high school. Um, then went to Howard and experienced a uh, not so great coach. Um, so by the time we lost the wrestling program at Howard, um, I was kind of happy that I wasn't wrestling anymore because I didn't have to be under that coach. Um, but after a while, you realize, you know, how much that is a part of you because, you know, mm -hmm. as a wrestler, you don't learn how to play basketball. <laughs> you don't learn how to play like, um, you know, if you're, if you're into wrestling like how I was, you're like, you're, you're not even good at football. Um, so, so the only thing you really can do is stay in shape and fight. So, so mm -hmm. after, after we lost wrestling, you know, I finished finished uh finish up through Howard um uh there's no path for somebody who wants to pursue wrestling out of out of college out of high school so ended up going on to uh to George Washington University and um got a doctorate in um in physical therapy uh so so the plan at this point was just to you know just to go on and be a physical therapist pay those loans off and this is just what you're going to do um I ended up meeting my uh, my now wife. I think it's my 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 last year, my final year at uh, at George Washington University. And uh, at some point in time, I don't remember whether it was for a Christmas present or a birthday present. Uh, she ended up buying me a uh, uh, like a three month membership at this small uh, martial arts school um, that that taught MMA is what they said 
They had a great coach. Uh, coach was really nice, um, but it wasn't an MMA school. It was a karate school. And the coach, he had trained a little bit of judo. He trained a little bit of jujitsu and he knew some striking. So that's where we got started. So, so I started training there, stayed there for about a year or so. Um, and at this time, that's when I just started working, um, just started working as a physical therapist. So first full-time job after school. And, uh, and man, I could tell from the, from the get-go that like that nine to five, it just, just wasn't for me. There was, there was just more. I, it's just in my, in my, uh, in my blood that I've got to do more than just nine to five, which is not enough for me. Right. So, but I still, you know, I wasn't, I like training martial arts. I like the grappling. I, but like at the time, especially if you're watching UFC, like it's still kind of crazy, you know, as far as you had a rule set, but it was still mainly a tough man competition at this time. This was like 2000 and like 2008. Yeah, about 2007, 2007, 2008. Um, so I would watch like a UFC and I'm like, man, this this is crazy. Like who who would want to do that? Um, and so trained, trained at this small MMA school for about a year. And then I found uh, Capital MMA. Um, I was looking for just a bigger school, um, a little bit more reputable as far as, you know, having a good basis in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and found my way down to Capital MMA, um, still living in DC at the time. Um, we have a location at Alexandria. So came down there and just immediately fell in love. It kind of got those competitive juices flowing again that I hadn't felt in a long time because you have the jujitsu now, so I'm feeling at home there. Um, and uh, this was still fairly new as far as in the amateur MMA scene in, in the Virginia area. So came down there, trained for a few months, and I was, you know, decided, you know, I want to take a take a MMA fight. So, so we trained up for it. At the time, we had two other professional fighters um, on on our team, uh, one male, one female. Um, and so I trained with them, and I think we ended up getting my first amateur fight after uh, maybe only like eight months training there. It wasn't even a full year. Um, so first my, got my first fight there and I loved it. Um, so at this point, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a knack for this, you know, I, I'm a hard worker naturally. So what I was doing, I would go to, I would work my job. I would go, go down to the clinic and I get off of work at about like four or five o'clock, whatever time I get off work. And I just go straight to the gym. And I was at the gym until clear, clear past like 10, 10 30 at night. I get home about 11 o'clock, wake up the next day, do it again. And so I decided what I wanted to do was um, work my way through the, you know, amateur professional scene. I, at the time, I wasn't really interested in, you know, like making, making it as like a champion. I was like, well, if I get to the UFC, I get to UFC, that's great. But really, I just want to have a few professional fights so that I can build my own credibility so I can open my own gym. Like that was, that was my ultimate goal just to, you know, to have my own gym. Cause really the passion for me is the training, um, the, the competition, you know, I like winning, uh, but the competition is not the best part for me. The best part is the training. Um, so I wanted just to work my way up to be able to have my own gym. Uh, and then I think it was after my second fight, after my second or third fight, um my first student loans package came in from from uh from grad school. World hit. <laughs> <laughs> reality uh, boy, hit. <laughs> boy 
So that thing came in the mail. So I'm I literally, I just started working. We're in the middle of the recession. Um, so uh, we, we got that pay cut. We were, you know, I'm a new grad, new grad physical therapist. I'm not getting paid no whole bunch anyway. I'm, I think I was making, my salary was like 65 a year, but you know, after tax and everything, I'm taking home about 40 and, you know, just got married now. We're, we're renting this, this apartment in DC. So our rent inside, um, just bought me this nice new car. And then I get this, uh, this, this, this bill in the mail for, what's like $2,000, $2,000. Yeah. Cause I ended, I ended up when I graduated, I had about $200,000 worth of loans. Um, so yeah, so they, they hit me with that, that bill that's on my head. And I was like, man, ran the numbers. And I was like, man, even, even if I made it to the UFC at this time, you know, there's, first of all, there's no guarantee for that. Um, and if I fight locally, you know, on the regional scene at the time, you'd be lucky if you got say 500 to fight and 500 to win. So that's a thousand dollars and you maybe will mm -hmm. fight four times a year. So that's $4,000 a year. And to close the gap, you're out there, you know, trying to find sponsors and, and doing things like that. So there was no way it, it just, it wasn't going to work um, as far as moving forward, fighting professionally at all at the time. So at that point, you know, I, I pretty much hung up the, the, the MMA gloves. That wasn't going to happen. Um, cut back on the train. I was still training some, but you know, I was, I was pretty damn depressed. Because again, this is like another another thing that was taken from me. First, it was wrestling in college, and then this is taken from me. This is how it felt. So you know, I was pretty damn depressed about that. Um, and uh, so I cut back on my training, and I'm just like, well, if I got to work, I'm just gonna work. So I put my nose down, I'm going to work, training, you know, maybe three times a week. Um, and then my coach uh, gave me gave me a coaching gig. So so I started teaching my first class on like Friday nights. Um, so that's an easy class to give your, your, uh, your new coaches. Cause you only get about five people that want to train on a Friday night. <laughs> people want to go out right. and party. So, so that's the smallest class. So I'm teaching a, I'm teaching a takedown class on Friday nights, And, and then that's kind of where, you know, I found this passion really, you know, even more so than fighting. Um, in, in, in coaching and taking somebody who has this goal and pouring into them and kind of inspiring them to, to, to push through. So I started teaching that Friday class, maybe picked up a couple other classes. Um, and, uh, and then we were working through there. So I'm just, you know, teaching classes at this location and, and doing my thing working, um, working physical therapy at this time I've moved from you know, I've worked in outpatient, I've worked in hospitals, I'm working in this really? nursing home at the time. And man, again, I just, I just couldn't get over it that, you know, it's just killing me going and working for, for these people who, you know, don't care about you really, you know, your, your supervisor, manager, everybody's about the bottom line and you go into the healthcare field specifically, you know, to, you know, to actually help people. Um, you want to get paid, but you know, you don't have that corporate mentality of, of dollars and cents and, you know, every head in the bed is a, is a dollar bill is a paycheck type deal. So I had a particularly bad day at this nursing home that I was working at. So I came home and I was like, you know what, um, I'm going to open up a gym. So I quit my job. So go on the, like uh, that. Like overnight. 
Yeah, yeah, just like that. So, wow. You know, it was, it was in the back of my head. It was in the back of my head. And I had done a few things to kind of, you know, test my entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I, at the gym, I would design design uh, geese or uniforms. I would design the the, the geese um, and sell them through the gym um, and just see if, you know, people like kind of like my designs. And so I'd make some connections here, you know, hook up some some uh, some seminars, maybe do some private lessons and stuff, but just kind of testing the water and, you know, starting to see like, you know, I don't have to work for somebody else. You know, obviously I have to pay the bills, but maybe there is a possibility that I could do something else. What you um, say about this uh, great idea you had? Yo, my my wife has had this struggle with me for for how long we've been together for for fourteen years now. So I I always do too much, man. I just <laughs> and so she um, you know she she's she's learned to um to to accept that I do too much, and <laughs> I and I've and I've learned to kind of manage my time a little bit better, and I still have the the you know the instances of of you know trying to take on too much uh but it, it's not as bad as it was it used to be then uh, so she you know she was for it she was for it but you know my my wife is a business major so she's looking at the dollars and cents of it and it's like well you know how many students are you going to need to cover you know your loans and cover you know the mortgage um and i'm like and the way I coach and the, 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 the way my friends are, you know, we're going to be good to go in six months. We're going to be good. You sound like, how do we bring it? Yeah, exactly. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you realize, you know, I, I've learned over time that, like, you know, especially in the martial arts world, the, the, the gym owners and the coaches, it's a, it's a passion thing. Um, so we're not really into – the, the organization, the, the head counting, the dollars and cents, you know, I kind of want to keep the lights on and I want to be there coaching, but we're, we're awful business people. Um, but, but she, you know, she supported me. She helped me out with it and developing the business plan and, and everything. Um, took a, you know, a few months. And then what I ended up doing is I ended up um, just randomly one night I was on the, uh, the, the SBA uh, website, Small Business Administration website. And I saw they had this link that said that you could uh, submit your business pro proposal and they would shop it out to other small local lenders um, to, to get a business loan. So um, so I'm like, all right, let me try that out. Um, so I, I submit it and I got a hit back. And so I'm like, all right, well, these people want to give me a business loan, SBA loan, um, but it's a long process. So I start working on that process. At the same time, I'm teaching uh, jujitsu at Howard. Um, at this time, I, I've been doing At this time, I have been... Uh, I'm working at the nursing home and I'm teaching uh, classes at Howard as an adjunct professor, um, teaching their jujitsu classes. Um, and, hey, Chad, uh, and I, I gonna, something about you, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got to tell you about it right now. Your demeanor and your calmness and talking about things that are really significant, like there's better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, teaching that at Howard, you know, I'm a professor here, I'm doing this here. It's, it's so calm, man. I, I love it. I love that confidence, man. And, you know, it's it, it all this stuff kind of just it snowballed. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't plan any of it. You know, even the even the the class at Howard. You know, I had I mentioned our, our main coach, our main wrestling coach at Howard. Not too fond of him, but the guy who actually recruited me, Paul Cotton. You know, this guy is is an amazing guy. He you know he's I think he's in the board of trustees and stuff at Howard. 
Um, but I had just, I randomly hit him up on Facebook one day and asked him um, if I could start a jujitsu club at Howard. Because for me, you know, I grew up wanting to do martial arts, but we couldn't afford it. So we were watch, you know, watch the Bruce Lee movies and then go outside and beat each other up. Yeah. Um, but, but, but we couldn't afford, you know, to actually teach the classes. So, so I always wanted to say, you know, I always had in my head, if I have a skill that I can learn and, 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 you know, give to people who can't afford it, I will always want to be able to do that. So, so I hit up coach Cotton and asked him if I could teach a, uh, open a club at Howard. So this guy hits me back and is like, send me your resume. So I'm like, all right. And so he's like, uh, send him my resume. And then a couple of days later, he's like, oh, well, we need a new judo teacher at Howard. Do you want to take the job? I'm like, oh, what? So, so next thing I know, like, you know, this was in the, this was over the summer. By the fall, I'm in Howard teaching, you know, teaching, I, I you know, changed the judo class over to, to jujitsu. So I'm over there teaching judo classes or sorry, jujitsu classes at Howard while working at the nursing home. Um, was able to flex that. So I was able to, you know, go in and out, you know, a little bit. Um, and so it just kind of fell in place. Um, so that really helped me out with getting my coaching chops together and, and being able to, you know, take somebody who knows absolutely nothing about, you know, jujitsu, martial arts, movement, athletics at all, and, and take them to a point where they, you know, by the end of the, uh, by the end of the semester, the kids who actually came to class were, you know, they were competent in their basic, you know, self-defense and, and jujitsu. I actually still have one, a couple of my students who I taught, you know, first couple of semesters at Howard that still train with me um, and they've come a long way. So, so yeah, so I, I'm working at Howard. I applied the, uh, the loan from the SBA, got it all together. So it seemed like all the pieces were coming together. So at this point, you know, I had a little bit of loan money didn't take out enough, should have taken out more. Um, but I had a little bit of loan money. Um, so now we needed a space. Um, so I start shopping around and trying to find spaces. And, you know, at the, I, I, everything was kind of done backwards. I, I, I didn't know. Um, again, it was a passion project. I just, this is something I, I needed to do. Um, so as I'm looking at, you know, spaces to lease and stuff, I'm starting to realize, you know, my people are looking at, you know, your business history, not just your passion. Um, they're looking at, do you really have enough money to, to carry this lease for at least six months at once year? Cause they're assuming your business is going to fail. So they want to know that they, mm -hmm. you have the money for at least six months. Um, and so that's when I ended up, uh, coming upon my partner, uh, Paul, who I trained with, um, at, at the Alexandria Capital MMA. And so he came on with me. That gave us a little bit more, you know, assurance, I guess, business-wise. They figured if they couldn't get six months worth of lease out of me, they get out of the, between the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> they get it so, yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, you know, a little bit more happenstance. I had um, got rejected from pretty much every site that we applied to, uh, to lease um, to open up this gym. And then uh, I had randomly put in an application at this place down where we actually are now down in Lorton, um, just randomly put in an inquiry and the guy hit me back. Um, and so go down there and meet him. There was an old CrossFit gym that had closed up and he, you know, he seemed eager to give it to us despite the fact that, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of cash on hand. Um, we couldn't even afford the whole spot. So they ended up putting up a wall. They gave us half the spot. Um, so that's where we ended up. So we, you know, opened that space up, 
where we currently are in um, five, five and a half years ago or whatever that was, 2015. Um, opened that one up day one, maybe had, you know, sat there. We opened up day one and we literally just sat there with the doors open, waiting, waiting for Everybody somebody to come, come in. in. <laughs> Yo, we, we, had, we had no idea what we were doing because, you know, you know, we we didn't realize, you know, we thought we were marketing on Facebook. So we're, we're posting up, you know, all this stuff on Facebook that we're opening this gym. But we didn't realize that all the people that are liking our stuff and saying they're going to be there are already our friends who are already training with us at, you know, with Capital and the at the Alexandria location. So so that's cool that you will come by and you'll check our gym out. But we need some brand new people that, that can sign up for memberships. So you know, we had no idea what we're doing with marketing, uh, but, you know, things started rolling, you know, one member turned into two members, two members turned into 10 members, um, and, and we're doing good um, at this time, you know, and I still am uh, doing physical therapy, so I'm working a physical therapy job. Uh, I, I come straight down after, after uh, leaving the hospital, drive straight down to the gym, teach classes on the nights that I'm not there, Paul is there. Um, and we're both just grinding and, and we have these plans, running the numbers, figure that if we hit, you know, a certain number of, of memberships, we will be able to support at least myself being full time. Um, I work full time and, and build it up some more because now we can add more classes. And then once we get to that point, then we can put Paul on and he can be full time or, you know, take more money, whatever, kind of get a payoff. So we were struggling, we're just doing that. And we figure, you know, six months turns into a year, a year turns into three years, three years turns into five years. Our lease for the space was, is, is only, what was only five years. So just so happened at, you know, as we we're getting up to that five year mark, we were at about four, four and a half years or so. Um, our lease is coming up. So we're starting to look at new places to move to. Our numbers are looking good. And so I go to my boss, um, and I'm letting her know, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quitting in 60 days. I'm going to put in my 30-day my notice at the end of the month. So I'm going to give you 30 days prior notice, but I don't want you to tell anybody. Uh, just keep this a secret um, between you and I. But just to let you know, I'm going to be out of here by, you know, next couple of months. Uh, and so we're, we're working on that. We uh, are working on signing a new lease for this new space that we're going to move in. And then the coronavirus comes <laughs> and shuts everything First, the student down. loans punch you in the mouth. Now coronavirus punch you in the mouth. <laughs> yo, you really is. You really are in May. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I was literally, you know. Yeah, this isn't. This is Texas or Florida. Yeah, like Virginia was the yep. first to put yeah. the caps yeah, down. We got, like, we got shut down. We got shut, shut down hard, and so down. you know, we tried to do everything that we could do to try to you know accommodate. Our, our members because you know we didn't want to you know, we're running a business but like I said this is like a passion so like right. I don't look at my members as as numbers like your your family like you're literally family like my 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 students you know I come to they come to my house we hang out you know we go out to dinner all these things uh like their kids are my kids um if you know I've, I've taken people's kids you know to the hospital or to urgent care if they've gotten hurt like I I, I do that um, so I'm not thinking about numbers. So when, when COVID comes up, you know, you know, we're just one at a time, people are like, oh, well, we got to cancel our membership because we can't train. It's, next thing you know, you look up and we lost 60% of our income. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, we weren't balling out anyway to start off with, but we were just starting to get to that threshold where I could quit my day job and I could, I could be here full time, um, which would make it easier on the family. Um, you know, I'm not in this to get rich. I'm not really motivated by money. Um, just want to kind of be happy with what I'm doing um, and have an impact on people's lives, what I'm really looking for. Um, and, I was going to uh, ask you that with your position, what's your measure of success? Is it a certain amount of students that are trained and competent? Is it, what is that? What, what do you, what do you see that? Well, happening? you know, as, as a coach, as a coach, everybody's different, right? So I could measure my success against one a one particular student and my success against another particular student will, will be completely different. Um, gym wise, you know, is is still a it's still a work in process for mm-hmm. for you know for it to be my main thing. You know, I've been I've been struggling with this for you know five years now. Before that it was fighting. So you know I have never since the day that my wife and I have started uh dating, I have never you know, gone to work and came home and just was home. You know, it's always, it's always, you know, come home for a pit stop and then out to do something else. So I'm still, you know, working towards being able to, you know, to, to find my thing, like build my thing up. This is, you know, where I can kind of control my destiny and I'm happy going to work and it's not really work. This is what I want to do. And then when I'm done with it, come home. Uh, and, and, you know, spend time with the kids, spend time with, with, the, with the wife and family. Uh, so that's, that's clearly, you know, a goal, um, you know, but financially, if I can, you know, if, as long as I'm carrying my weight in this household, then I'm cool. You know, I don't, I like to have nice things, but I don't have to have nice things. Right. Um, it's not a big deal to me. As long as my, we're in a nice house, I have a reliable car. I have, you know, I, I do like to have the latest iPhone and the latest Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's right. one thing. <laughs> but you know, clothing wise, you know, I wear t-shirts and slacks, you know, t-shirts and jeans if I'm not in workout clothes or if I'm not in a gear or if I'm not in scrubs at work. So all of that is not a big deal to me. You know, the other measure for me is, you know, I, you know, I like having that impact on someone's life, you know, having having that uh that chubby kid come into class. I have two of them right now. Though the chubby kids that come into class and they, you know, can't put one foot in front of the other and they have no confidence and they can't even make it through class the first time because they're heaving and the guy keeps taking water breaks and and then they look up two weeks later and they can actually make it through class, but they're falling on their face all the time. And then they look up a month later, they're not falling on their face, but they're still, you know, clumsy. And, you know, I, at the end of the day or, you know, a few, few years later, you know, they're actually, you know, athletic. Or if they're not athletic, you know, they have some confidence and they know that they can overcome some odds and do something. So that, you know, that's that's a big drive. I, that's, you know, that's that's the most rewarding part of it. So, you know, I don't, I would like to one day, you know, I've, I've coached some fighters, a number of fighters, uh, some professional, uh, some of them done very well. Um, obviously not too many right now with, with COVID going on regionally, there's not too many competitions going on. But, you know, even if I've never have a, you know, a, a world champion, a regional champion, a tournament champion, even if I never have one, if I have, you know, some kids or some adults that, you know, grow in themselves and realize that, you know, there are some obstacles they can overcome here um, and, 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 and find something out of what I can give them or what martial art can give them, then I'm good. Like, that's, that's all so I really need. 
Go ahead, yeah, that, that 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 term uh, jujitsu saves lives. I mean, that's that's really a fact. Uh, you know, I I went through some dark times, and um, you and my old supervisor, some advice she gave. Um, it was just weird. It was just from I wasn't expecting it from her. She was like, "Yo, you you gotta continue to do what you've always done, right?" And she was like, "Yo, do you even still go to jujitsu?" Hmm. And I was like, no, I've been in like six months. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so I just asked my boss. I was like, I, they, they had, uh, you know, because I got four kids. So it, jujitsu, um, right after work, kind of like you going to work and then changing and then going there um, and being home like eight o'clock, that didn't really work for me. So uh, I asked if I can go to lunch. So could I basically take two hour lunches? Think twice a week and she was like yeah that's fine that, that'll be your pt i was like okay cool and and there was some days where it was just like i just had to just talk myself into going and make myself go but every time i went i always when i was done i was always so happy i went you know mm -hmm, what i'm saying mm -hmm. and no matter what i was going through during that hour class i'm only thinking about you know that that technical um, basically the example, you know, then applying it with the, um, with the practice and then, you know, the rolling, right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it just releases whatever, like mentally, mental health, um, it plays a, a major role in mental health. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you leave, you just feel different. And then, you know, the darkness will creep back in, <laughs> but it was just crazy. Just during that time, just during that block, I've never thought, I've never like, you know, was sitting in a corner while the professor was, you know, um, showing the next move, just daydreaming like, damn, my life sucks, right? I'm always <laughs> right. focused at the task at hand. You know what I'm saying? When I was rolling, I was focused at the task at hand. Um, and, you know, when I was done, you know, I always feel exhausted. My elbow may hurt, but I'm like, I'm happy I came. Like, it, it was a great feeling. Mm -hmm. It was a great feeling. So, jujitsu is, um, I, I, I don't think it gets talked enough I think everyone who experienced it gets it, but those who haven't, they 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 don't know what they're missing out on. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, a, a saying my coach used to say is you you never regret a day of training. You know, you might not want to be there, but you never regret exactly. Yeah. So Chad, I got a question for you. So um, obviously, this is your passion, right? This is what you love to do. And you you made a comment earlier about not being able to really uh, uh, handle the business side, right? Like you don't look at individuals as numbers. And obviously it is a business that you own. So are there any ideologies or, or ways that you've thought about looking at the business in a, looking at the business as a business or is it like, I don't even want to think about it like that? Yeah. Um, Luckily, I have a very good community, um, you know, getting started um, leading up to as we um, went through the loan application process and everything. You know, I have uh, I have an uncle who made it pretty big back in the day. Um, he used to invent equipment like manufacturing equipment and, and sell it to big companies. So he had, uh, you know, he gave me a lot of advice as far as, you know, his ups and his downs. So that kind of set me on the way. And then, of course, like I said, my my wife, you know, she's in business and marketing. So she's always been there to help out. You know, one of my closest uh, friends, 
uh, through jujitsu is uh, a very successful businessman. Uh, so he always, you know, gives us advice. Um, my, my coach, you know, he's been through ups and downs. So, so overall it's, it's been, <laughs> it's been a community struggle in, in keeping the, uh, you know, the business side of things together. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day is it, it is simple math, right? So it's not that I can't sit down and add up numbers and figure out, you know, how much we need to go in and go out. It's just the fact of like, you actually need to sit down and do it, right? And so sometimes you need you need that you know you need that other business owner to tell you like, hey, you know, look at this for marketing versus this, or you know, sometimes you. My my biggest thing is uh, um, people don't see uh, people don't approach small businesses the same as they approach corporations, right? So if you go to, you know, if you go to, to Walmart and you're like, all right, I need to see the pack of t-shirts cost, you know, $5.99 or however much it costs, you go to the register and you pay and you're out the door and you're good to go. Uh, you come to a small business, uh, a, you know, jujitsu gym and you say, all right, well, how much does a membership cost? This is how much it costs. Oh, well, you know, can I get a discount? Or what if I only train this many times a week? Yeah. Then, then can we come down there, uh, you know, and uh, I'm going to need a gi. Yeah, yeah. You always want to bargain with the small business owner, but you never want to bargain with the corporation. And, and for me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that, right? Because like I said, I'm not driven by money. So for the first year or two, I was falling for it. Everybody was on a discounted membership. Everybody, you know, I'm selling the gis. I'm taking, you know, 10% off here, $10 off there. Um, and then you go back and you look at how much you're giving away and you're like, damn, that's one thing. But then what hurts even more is when you give this stuff away to people and then when they're done using you up, they're just gone. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's the other thing. So that's the thing, you know, that's, that's what gets me the most that I kind of have to keep in some sort of a business mentality of, of not keep it, taking it um, personal as far as, you know, some people just aren't going to stick around. Some people just don't want your services. Um, and in those instances, I have to see people as numbers. Um, but you know, when you're when you're with us and you're you're training with us and you're like in the family, then you are family. And and that's why it's even hard for me to like when we're talking about money with with students. Like just the other day, we had a student who um, a bill hit her at the time she wasn't expecting it. Right. And so, you know, she hits me up and she's surprised that the bill hit her at a certain time. And, you know, her, her kid trains with us and I, her kid is the cutest thing. And man, she, mm -hmm. she works her butt off. So I'm like, you know what, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll take the bill off. Um, I'll refund you that money. And when you, when you can pay me, you just have to pay me this month, you know, at the end of the month, you can pay me. Um, we'll get the money back then. Um, so, you know, I'm always willing to do things like that for people who, you know, actually want to be here, um, which probably gets us in trouble sometimes, probably still lose money. Um, but I'm okay with that. Um, so I guess, uh, <laughs> to answer your question, I, I, I'm, I'm too soft to be a business person. Yeah. So, so, so it's good. It's good to have, you know, other people who will keep me in line to make sure that we're not giving away their kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> can actually keep but the lights on one thing about being a small business owner that that i love 
when I hear stories like that from small business owners like yourself, when you said the woman that had the bill issue and you were able to kind of help her out, like on the inverse side of that, you can't go to Walmart and bring that. <laughs> right. I mean, if a or you can't buy something, it's like Walmart's going to be like, hey, you ain't got the money, get your ass out the store. Yep, you know, yep. so it, it's that that sense of, of community and generosity that business owners like you um people love you know what i mean like the fact that she could still take her daughter or, or daughter or son, yeah 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 daughter daughter yeah. um to your gym you know what i mean like I, i'm i'm pretty sure it like to you it's like yo i'm just helping you out but who knows like how that made you know her little daughter feel the mother feel like you know that could have been their world like yeah you mm. still get to go to the gym you still get to train you know what i mean like yeah yeah that that's 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 amazing at my old gym in Florida, uh, I remember, you know, at the end of the day, you, you line up by by belt, and um, the, the the gym owner was like, you know, kind of saying, hey, good class, these are the next tournaments, you know, giving us the weekly update, and he said, and those of you that are, are late, like, you know, work with me, like, you know, I need you guys to catch up, blah, 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 and I was, because, and I was on auto pay, and I was thinking to <laughs> myself, Wait, we had we had we had a place to pay. Wait, hold on. There's people in here that hasn't paid. Like, like, that's like you know what I'm saying? He was a he's like a third. I don't know if you know uh, Renato Tavares. Yeah, yeah. He trained him. Yeah, so he's a he's a um a third degree black belt under him. So he's a dangerous dude, right? And he was like, but he's kind of like. Guys, can you please just meet me halfway and help me out? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, man, wait, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't y'all yeah. paying for one? Why are you, what are y'all doing here? Yeah. Who's crazy enough to, like, you know, oh, this guy money? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's a big teddy bear. It seems like the, the I, I haven't met too many black belts that are kind of, like, you know, just douchebags. You know what I mean? For the most mm-hmm. part, they're very humble. I've met a few, um, a couple maybe, but for the most part, you guys are like all humble guys. Just you know, super nice, Calm and I can I, and I can and I can just see you know somebody in a parking lot, the Target parking lot, you know, cutting y'all off and giving you the finger, and them just not even knowing what <laughs> potential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're playing with a vibrant know it. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how dangerous this man is. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if people know jujitsu, but like someone my size um, with a black belt, you know, especially like, you know, when you start getting into the degrees, the, the them taking your shoulder, someone that's similar size, and then it's pinning you down, and you like, I'm not moving until they want me to move. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, I, I just don't know people, they, they don't understand, like, you know, um, the skill and the technique and basically almost like the power you guys hold of like, you know, their lives. That's what's funny you think about jujitsu, man. Like, yeah. When people tap, they're basically saying, listen, if it were a real world scenario, I would have died. You got me. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what a tap yeah. is. You got me. Yeah. I died. You know? Yeah. Well, I like, think yeah, when it comes well, I think what it comes down to is like, you know, by the time, and hopefully for most people, it happens before they get to, to, to Black Belt, right? For what I see is that usually for most people, it happens by the time they're at least a Purple Belt, so at least five years in. Um, but, but you learn that, you know, 
number one, as, as good as you think that you are, there's somebody out there who's better than you. Um, and then just to get to the level that you're at, like you just gotta remember like how, how much crow you ate to get to this point, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and even today, you know, you know, I'll spar with my, with, with, with my students and it is nothing on any random given day that, that a blue belt makes me tap, you know, a blue belt that I promoted to blue belt, you know, makes me tap And but it's, it's all a learning experience. So you just realize that this is, you know, everything is not that important. Right. So, so like, you know, the, the, someone cutting you off in, in, in the Walmart, you know, parking lot, you know, it ain't that important. Like we both going to be stuck at this light in a minute anyway. But if you really want a problem, then you can get out your car and you can come over here and <laughs> I give you problems. So, you know, I was, it was actually not too long ago, this dude tried to pick a fight with me in Walmart. Like I haven't, yo, nobody has tried to pick a fight with me since really, I'd say it's sophomore year in high school. I'm not the smallest person and I was a pretty big kid and I had an older brother. So people didn't really try to pick fights with me. Somebody, this is really like four weeks ago, um, when the when when the Proud Boys came to DC, um, and uh, this dude tried to pick a fight with me in Walmart um, over a spot in line that he was clearly wrong, and the guy it gets to the point where the guy is like really wanting to instigate, thinking that I'm gonna take it the next level, mm -hmm. and I'm like, bro you're one person ahead of me in line. I'm not, I'm not going to go to jail over how soon I get to purchase this, this loaf of bread that I came in here to pick <laughs> up for my wife. You're not that important to me. And then the, you know, the best part about it is he does all of this and he can't even check out because this dummy brought cash to a lane that only takes credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Jokes on you, player. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, you know, it's, it's the mentality that like you know stuff is just not that serious like there are bigger things out there and you got to be able to you know fight through some of this adversity you get in tough roles and you get smashed and somebody drops a forearm across your jaw and it hurts for you know 10 15 30 seconds but we still got five minutes left in this round so i'm gonna sit here for a little bit and when you move that i'm gonna come around and you can pay for it later it's all right so you know just nothing to let things slide and then you know that that ego is is nothing that's that's not your best friend that's your worst enemy right i think another while you're talking you know i, I think what you say you said like a blue belt humbles you and you're a black belt i think with all the years of training you learn not to underestimate people and i think you take that into a real world event oh yeah they have that nerdy you know 40 something year old balding guy with glasses and a dad vibe, mm. but you don't know if he's a black, but you know what I'm saying? You don't right, know how right. is right. even if he has a weapon on him, but right. even if he doesn't, you don't know what he knows, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, when you step in the cage, it only takes you, you, the right hit in a certain spot, anyone's going to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter how strong your chin is. Um, so yeah, I think you probably. When you were talking, I'm like, man, you guys probably walk around with that too. Just like, you just, you just never yeah, know. Why yeah, you never you know. You know, you're going to defend yourself. That's a different story. But it's like, you know, you want to fight? No, you want to fight? Right. It's foolishness, man. It's foolishness. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I live in DC. So I, I tell my students this story from time to time when I was at Howard. 
um, this is like the epitome of why I why I don't sweat this little stuff. I'm I'm at Howard, and uh, there's this guy, um, uh, you know, because Howard's in the middle of the city. So you got these you got these pretty girls from out of town, and you got all these you know locals, you know DC natives that want to get at these girls. But most of the time, the girls don't want it. So there was a Sunday because I'm walking to church, and this girl she's getting you know harassed by this guy. And we sitting, you know, at the crosswalk, ready to go across the street. So like, I'm sitting here looking at him and looking at her and she's looking at me and I'm like, I don't really know you, but let me step up and try to say something. So I say something to this guy, you know, some corny, you know, she don't want to talk to you, whatever, whatever. This guy just looks at me, the calmest face ever. And he says, church boy, I will stab you in the head. And I said, you know what? Oh, he did. All right, then. All right. Hey, good luck. Good luck, lady. That dress made a Kevlar. I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. So man, that was that was how many years ago? That was that was twelve, twelve or so years ago. And I remember like it was yesterday. And and so that's my approach to anything like in the streets, like I don't know what this guy has. So If I can stay out of altercation, good, good on me. <laughs> like I, I win if I get to walk away. People are unstable, man. Some people are just unstable. <laughs> you know, I mean, not only do you not know what these people know technically, you don't know how stable they are mentally. Don't know. Yeah, that's scary. Yep. Because yeah, you might be going in. Yeah, you might be going in to fight, and they're like, uh, "I don't fight, I kill." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's two different levels, right? That's a different level of. of mental stability so yep. it's scary out there that, that, that's, <laughs> that's very true do you think um kind of the and, may, and maybe you're seeing it the african-american community is kind of missing out on you know jujitsu or I, i'm pretty sure over the years you've seen more and more minorities get into it but yeah it's definitely not um basketball or football yeah yeah, it's, you know, it's it's so many things. Uh, we we are, you know, our community misses out on a lot of things uh, for a number of reasons. You know, like I said before, you know, the martial arts thing. A lot of the times, it's it's an, it's an exposure and financial thing. Like they, you don't see too many uh, martial arts gyms in the hood. You know, um, and and. I, I live in Southeast and one of our plans before we opened up the gym in Lorton was to put our gym in Southeast. But when you run the numbers, it's like, how can I keep the doors open here? I got this high rent that, you know, the landlord is not going to, not going to forego my rent because I'm trying to do charity work. So I've got to find a way to open up doors. So, you know, it's, it's not, you, you don't get the exposure. Um, a lot of times, you know, the families can't, can't afford that extra expense. Um, and then I know when I was growing up, especially, uh, in wrestling, like, you know, black kids didn't wrestle because why would you want to touch a guy? Like, why, yeah, why would yeah. you want to lay on top of a guy? Oh, you gay or something? Yep. And so that's all, that's, that's always a thing. So it's that, that, you know, that bravado that, you know, that just that, you know, that uninformed thinking, um, scared at the end of the day is really just scared to try out something new. Um, uh, so for all these reasons, uh, you you miss out on it, uh, so it, you know it's unfortunate. I try to do my best to to uh, to bring some exposure to the community, which is why I, you know was excited to teach classes at Howard. Um, and whenever I can, you know, if I ever run into you know a student, black, white, or whatever, if they 
you know, if they can't afford it, but they really want to be here, we'll figure out a way for you to be here. Um, mm. So I, I would never want a, that financial reason to be the reason why somebody can't train because, you know, this stuff can change your life. Yeah, I love I love it because, you know, not only, like I said, with the, the mental health and all that aspect, but it's very practical. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I, I don't know if this is how my mind works, but a lot of times when I walk into a room, I like size people up, like in the worst case, you know, just thinking like, all right, I would need this much space. I'll need to hit him real quick. This up and then you know, go for his legs, get him, get side control. You know what I mean? That's literally, I could be in a mm-hmm. staff meeting. There's literally like, how would I not even like, you know, hurt this person, but how would I get out of an altercation or man, this person would really rip me into shreds. How would I protect myself? All right, cool. I will have to make sure this person doesn't get, take my back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is an app. And but I think this is it's very practical. And um, it's always, you know, man, you, even as a wrestler, you get someone to the ground, 99% of people have no idea what to do when they're on the ground. You have your, your power shifts, like you're not throwing punches, you know, on your back, you know, on your side. So it, it's just very practical and, and especially for girls, right? Mm-hmm. They, I think they just need to, un, you know, have that sense of uh, self-confidence and that skill Yeah, if something goes down. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I, I have two girls myself. I have three kids, one boy, two girls. And um, and it's a, it's a mandatory, you know. You don't have to be a black belt. Like, you know, honestly, because I can teach them at home, they really don't even have to have a belt at all. But, you know, you will learn how to defend yourself. And it's a matter it's a matter of confidence and self-worth also, you know. You know, somebody's not just going to come up to you and, and, and say they're not going to tell you who you are. You know, they're not going to walk up to you and say that you're ugly and you know that you're not. Um, they're not going to, you know, put you down for, because you, because you're overweight. And these are, you know, these are like those extra lessons that, that jujitsu and martial arts build into you just by, you know, working hard and overcoming that adversity and building that confidence, you know, so you're going to be able to protect yourself. And if this fool wants to continue to, to act up, you know, you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to get to your head and they're not going to get to your body. Um, and if they do, then you got your big brother. It's going to come down. It's going to come down too. If all those yep. fails, stab him in the face. Right now. No problem. What you right? Friday when uh, he back when Devo knocked him out like oh. no I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay out of this yeah it was like nope. you want some of this old man no I don't <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy all right so what we like to do at the end of uh, each show we just go around and give something um you know tangible to give to give the folks that are listening basically either uh you know any something you learn from martial arts or why they should get into martial arts or just any lesson you learned in life and how they can apply it? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, the, the big thing that comes back um, time and time for me is, you know, like I said, I was, I was raised by, you know, my, my parents who they were taught, you know, just to make it by, just to make your way. Um, you, you didn't have an opportunity to chase your dreams. Um, and, and, but, 
I learned that number one, how important it is to chase your dreams. And number two, you, it, you know, it's never too late to do it. Um, and it, it's not going to be easy, but that struggle, that struggle is very important. Um, so you figure out what you want to do, not what you have to do. And you go after it and you put in the work to do it. Um, and, and it'll work out eventually. If you want it to work out, um, you've got to stick with it. Awesome. What about you guys? Um, I would say that uh, if you're in anything physical, fighting, weightlifting, um, you're always trying to get better, right? Whether it's your physique in the, in the gym or your technique with jujitsu or karate, whatever you're doing, use that to translate it to your actual like life outside of that activity, right? So if you go hard in the gym, you go hard on the mat, in the ring, use that same drive in life. Um, you don't stay stagnant in the gym, in the ring, on the mat. So use that in the same sense uh, when you're traversing through life. Never settle. Just always try to do better. And um, you'll look back and appreciate the journey. Yeah, something I got just hearing Chad talk, something he did a lot, which I admire, is be decisive. Take some risk. Never going to have it all figured out all the time. So something you want to do, some passion you have, take that risk, calculate a risk, make a decision, and then go ahead and try it out. Because you're going to regret more from not doing something than from trying it and failing a little bit and trying it again. So uh, the chances you never take are going to be zero. So take a chance, take a risk, and then make a decision, do something. And I just highly recommend um, young kids get into, um, uh, not MA, but uh, martial arts, but specifically uh, jujitsu. Um, it's indoors, so the, the climate, there's no climate factors. Um, no matter how big or small, uh, short or tall, um, how much you weigh, how fast you are, uh, you can succeed, you can get good at it. You know, there's no limitation. Not like basketball. If you you only, you only got a certain only so far you can go. In football. If you don't run so fast, only so far you can go. Um, and jujitsu is is endless uh, and it's practical. I mean, I think especially like I said for for girls having that self confidence to you know have that um, to understand they can get out of situations they they don't want to be in. Um, I I really think kids are missing out because parents are putting them more in those traditional rec, uh, extracurricular activities and they need to be looking into uh, jujitsu specifically. So, all right. Well, Chad, man, we really appreciate you. This was an amazing episode. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. And for everyone else, uh, thanks for watching. Make sure you like this episode and subscribe to our channel. All right, we're out.